It's very late here, and I don't really have much time to do this movie justice in my intro. But listen to the music below me. This is the music that brings us into today's film, The Thin Man. It starts off mysterious and almost laughing at its own mystery, and then it turns into a fanfare of just joy. Like, this movie's about a couple. Really, more than anything else, more than the mystery, more than the goings-on, it's about a couple who's in love. Welcome to A Gentleman's Guide to Mystery. Mystery. Where we explore the unexplained. Mystery. The sexual. The dark. The murderous. And romantic. Oh, yeah. Movies of 1935. So, Ryan, um, before we before we jump into the movie review today, I do want to say that we are the Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms, and my name is Kelly Song, and you are... Ryan Graves. Yeah, sure. So, but the movie that we picked, or our patrons picked for mm-hmm. our poll that we're reviewing this week, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's necessarily a rom-com. Um, it's romantic, and it's funny... And there's murder, <laughs> so it's 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 got a third element to it. It's got a third heat. So I think it's a rom com plus. I rom com plus mystery. Mm, no, yeah. I think it. Mm-hmm. So so I'm I'm like I'm sitting there trying to make a case in my mind while I'm watching this movie, and Robin's like, "This isn't a rom com." Robin doesn't think many movies are rom coms Ro- ever. Robin's right about this one, and I need you to have an open mind for a second. Uh, I think Robin should have an open mind. I think that's the thing. I think I'm right, and Robin's the wrong one. Well, I I'm on I'm on Robin's side here. So I no, need you've to- got to be on both sides. You got to play okay. for both sides. So the thing about this movie is, like, you're right. It does have comedy. It does have romance, mm-hmm. and it does have murder. But, romantic murder comedy but there is no question of anybody getting together at the end that that like our main couple that's never in question sure. there is this ulterior couple that does get together at the end but that's never in question for us in the movie and, and i'm one trying of the, to think is there one of sh- the core tenants we talked about in this podcast and we've had a lot of movies that aren't rom-coms on this podcast, and that's mm-hmm. fine, because mm-hmm. that's okay, because you were like, you said, you know what, Knight's Tale, not really a rom-com, but this one is? You're <laughs> arguing this one is? Wait, are you saying Knight's Tale is a rom-com? It's a, yeah, it's a rom-com adventure. Why can't this be a rom-com mystery? Because the the romance isn't at the center of this movie. Neither is it a Knight's Tale. Are sure you it kidding? Is. Oh, come I think come the now. jousting and the romance are both intertwined. Well, they are they they do <laughs> they do a bit of jousting um both in mm. and out of bed, right? Yes, both in bed and out of bed. There is a You're bed right. scene in a Knight's Tale. There is no bed scene in this movie, so maybe there's just not enough I sex is, for you. I think I think you can count a tent bed as a bed. 
Yeah. It, it, there were pillows. There were enough pillows they to call it a bed. They pitched tents in that movie, but they didn't really pitch tents in this movie. So, okay. I, yeah, the, <laughs> but, movie, the movie is The Thin Man. It's directed by W.S. Van Dyke. It's made in 1935. Um, I think what this has, and the reason why you put it on this list, is because it has a lightheartedness that often goes hand in hand with rom-coms. Um, but also it does feature at the central premise of the movie, a couple that, and, that and was it gonna, operates off of a couple. That was going to be my point, but kind of, uh, but not just that it's a couple, but it's a really awesome couple. Yeah. And so we get to see a very fun romance that already exists at the center of this. We don't get to see the progression of a romance at all. We, we just see a romance that is really wonderful that yeah. exists, but what is this romance? What what movie did we come here to talk about? It's The Thin Man. It's The Thin, the Man, Thin Man based on Dashiell Hammett's no- I have yet to look at the novel The Thin Man. I don't I have no idea if it has the same kind of tone. It does, apparently. I was like surely not. Surely it's a Dashiell Hammett movie and no, it's something that wanted to combine a comedy of manners mm-hmm. and like a noir. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be a little bit darker, but I think they kind of set out to do a pretty good copy of it. I haven't read the book, but according to like the various places I looked up online, it's pretty one-to-one. I think Agatha Christie also has Sleuthing Couple as one of her mainstays. What? I think Who? she does. When? Okay. One of her oh, early yeah, novels. Poirot and Miss Marple get together. N- <laughs> yeah, the crossover <laughs> of the century. No, like there's, I think... I think there's a couple in some of our early novels. It's a couple, I think. I like a sleuthing couple. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, the thing is, there's like eight sequels to this movie, and they all revolve around the couple. It's not like it, it moves on and it's like, oh, it was fun having the wife in there for a while, but let's get back to business and have Nick get get back to work as a sleuth. No, it's their banter that really makes the movie. Yeah, and they, yeah. they, they, they le- I've only seen the second one. I haven't seen the others, but they- Is they, it good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This, have you you seen it, right? No, I've only seen the first. Oh, the second one has Jimmy Stewart in it. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. He's in it. Does it have C.K. Dexter Haven? C.K. Dexter Haven. No, it doesn't, but it should. Um, but the the point of the series is watching this couple progress through life, and it's not a lot of development because <laughs> they just stay married. But sequentially, and things happen it, to them. Are, is it just pretty standard that like they're, they're all pretty good? They get pregnant in the next. Oh, sorry. Spoiler what? alert. What? The next one, they get pregnant, and then the one after that, there's a baby, and then, like, like by the end of it, there's, like, kids running around. I don't know if the kids are helping them, but, like, their family grows uh, in the, the progression of the movies. So it, Dude, it's... I wonder if they drink as much. I don't know. <laughs> but that, that my, only, my only defense is that the movie is centered on a couple, mm. and the, it's led by a couple, not by two individual characters, but this, like, unit. And we get to coexist with this unit and be witness to this amazing chemistry for an hour and a half. The chemistry mm-hmm. is just, that's what I enjoy about this movie. And I think that's the attractive part about this movie. It's You're not here for the mystery. That's not correct, what's entertaining correct. you. It, the mystery is almost un, unknowable at the end of the movie. It gets explained bald-faced, but at, you're like, wait, why did he, I don't understand why yeah. the, and you're right. The the couple in this movie. Actually, wait, let's t- let's talk about the story and then we'll talk about the couple because they're yeah. amazing. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. Ask you about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. 
the end. The story is really hard to explain. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I was watching this movie, like, how are we going to summarize this tomorrow? Because it's just like it's a lot of like 1930s hard boiled mystery of like, here is your gallery of rogues. They okay. all could have done it. <laughs> I actually know how to boil this down. Uh-huh. Okay, you've got the cops. You've got a detective. You got three blonde ladies who all look alike. Uh-huh. You got a daughter, a weird brother, and uh, a couple of a couple of gangster looking dudes. Yep. And the detective solves the mystery. The end. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Also, you have a thin man. <laughs> yeah. There's some. And the, <laughs> wait a minute. The thin man doesn't even show up in the sequels, and yet they're called thin man movies. I think the next oh, yeah. one is like after the Thin Man, another Thin Man, the Thin Man goes home, the song of the Thin Man. Because he's called the Thin Man because he doesn't fit in the fat pants. Oh, right. The fat pants. They got thrown onto him. See, why wasn't this called Fat Pants? Fat Pants and Thin Man. So, okay. So let's talk about our characters then. Because we have Nick and Nora who mm-hmm. um, are, this one isn't about their infinite playlist. No. Um, that is a different movie. Nice try, Michael Sarah. But basically, William Powell, who plays Nick, is a four years retired detective uh, who four years ago, uh, Myrna Loy, who plays Nora, her father died and left them a lump sum of money. And they've just basically been living the high life kind of. Well, he's been managing estates. Yeah. So he, he has this throwaway line where he's like, I'm taking care of the business. But he says he says everything in such a. I don't know what's what's his attitude. Is it laissez faire? Yeah, is it, just uh, just hanging out. Yeah, he's the chillest dude, mm-hmm. and she is the what is her, what is her attitude? Because it's almost it's very similar, she but just a smidge different. Has a laid back yet um, not quirky, but she's very much she very much has a personality and yet can be laid back about it. Yeah, where. They're both kind of cards, mm-hmm. I would say. Like, I'm trying to use the parlance of the time, but also make sense for people. Like, they're, I think you can describe people based on what they like doing. They like having parties. Mm-hmm. They love to drink. They love to drink. And they like just chatting back and forth about each other, like to each other. Yeah. They, they're not easily offended. Mm-mm. Like, um, even even if like a gun gets pointed in their face, they're not like traumatized by it. They're like, ah, I'm gonna let this roll off my my back. It's mm-hmm. really not gonna be a big deal. So they're the kind of couple where you're like, you guys could probably get through anything. Exactly. And that's what endears us to them. <laughs> that's my whole point about the movie as a romantic film, is that we're just observing a couple. Mm. And there just happens to be a mystery swirling around them. Right. And you know what? We don't even open with them. We open with um, what's the thin man? The thin man, uh, Macaulay. Porter. No, no, no. Winant, Winant, Winant. Yeah, who's a thin man? Um, and he's some crazy kooky inventor, and he finds out that his daughter's getting married. But things are awkward because they're the the dad is no longer in his family's picture, and there's a there's mom with some sleazy boyfriend. You know, this is two movies in a row where like. The 1930s was like, yeah, divorce, whatever. Whatever. It it feels so like 
disassociated from that late 90s early 2000s like divorce is this big deal mm. in cinema and if you know if we're handling it you know we <laughs> really have to take it seriously yeah we wish our parents were a lot cooler about divorce <laughs> yeah these i mean these people are like ah yeah it no, happened whatever. we got mad at each other hey, i'm still living off of his money and you know <laughs> he you know whatever but he's going somewhere and he's not going to tell Macaulay who's his uh, lawyer lawyer um where he's going and his daughter comes by and she's like I'm going to get married to this guy and he's like oh great that's fine and whatever so he goes to the safe to look for some bonds to give to his daughter for a wedding gift right and the other guy who works there he's like oh no <laughs> what's his name Walter um I think it's Walter one I of like those him. guys yeah. yeah he's an ex con um and well we find out much later he's next he's got a good mustache yeah there's something about a bookkeeper with a mustache Mm -hmm. where it's like it's like it it just fits them it's it's it it, it goes it goes with the ensemble yeah so he finds that he's missing these bonds so he goes to his mistress's house and she's got some guy who's like a classic gangsta over he's like uncle billy i'm gonna kill you (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, there's a little confrontation between these two guys, but uh, the gangster takes off and the thin man's like, ah, give me my money. I think the the gangster, or the Winant, the, the thin man, mm. is far scarier yeah, than anybody else Yeah, he's got a tough mug. He's got a tough mug. He's got murderous eyes. Yeah. When he, when he feels like he's been stolen from, I'm like, you're going to kill somebody. Yeah. So... Ed ends very tensely for for this couple who this woman has stolen money from him. Yeah, and she's his not only his mistress but used to be secretary. It's I think why he got divorced from his wife. Yeah, way back that's when. my favorite line. Say, why did your mother divorce him? I think he's swell. Well, it seems he has a secretary. Oh well, I'll do my own typing. And Julia Wolf, his lady, looks just like his ex-wife. Yeah, like there's there's three blonde women in this movie. The guy's and, like Alfred Hitchcock. He's got a blonde thing going for himself. Yeah, and it really made me think about this director. And I'm like, do you like or dislike blondes? <laughs> yeah, what's the deal? All these these questionable women are are icy blondes, uh, and they're all but they are distinct. The blondes that we do meet. I don't. I mean, personality <laughs> wise, but not look wise. Because the first, the the mistress w- woman. Let's 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 like lay out the character. Julia Wolf. She is a lot more like looks out for herself type of character, mm-hmm. and she's very like out for number one. Yeah. But she's a lot more skilled at it than Wynette's ex wife, who's a right. lot more uh, needy Dependent. and whiny and yeah. like can't take care of herself and doesn't know how to work for herself. And well, because she's used to a certain level of money and it seems that Julia probably came up as a working class person. And then the other blonde is like poor yeah. going out with gangsters, but like she can throwing... hold her own against a gangster. Yeah. She throws a pot at him and it's like, Oh no. Yeah. So they're all, feisty in their own ways i don't like their hair (laughs) ryan i hate the 1930s blonde look wasn't for you because you know whose hair i did like was myrna loy's hair i I thought she had loy's hair her she had a beautiful hairstyle throughout the whole thing so she she has a great style throughout everything there's there's this one time where um they're they're talking about having a party and william powell turns to her and he's like hey you have a you have a nice evening dress and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have one. And Robin's like, you're wearing a nice evening dress. <laughs> like, everything you're wearing is nice. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think part of it was, like, these blondes are supposed to kind of put you off a little. Kind of, 
they're they're all kind of a little scary because they but, you, you you're not supposed to trust any of them because they're all suspects at the end right and like are the two people that are are good the two women that are quote unquote good in this movie are brunettes, are brunettes. <laughs> so um then we meet nick charles who's, who's on his sixth martini and he's, he's he's james bonding all over the place yeah and he seems to own this hotel which is awesome or at least the bar part of this wherever i don't um, know if he owns it or I think he manages just, it no, they're just... Because they all answer to him. No, okay. Why is he teaching the bartenders how to shake a martini if no, he no. doesn't manage he, them? I, no, he... This is my canon, anyway. Nick is just so charming. That <laughs> he comes in and... And, teach, he's, and he's a great tipper, but he could teach any... He could teach the most knowledgeable person about cocktails everything they don't know about cocktails because he drinks enough of them. That's true. And he makes most of his own anyway. Sure. I guess I'm going for the likelier answer of he's just the manager and owns the place. No. Why would he manage a <laughs> because hotel? He he's inher- way too rich. But he inherited all these other things from his father-in-law. He doesn't, so, this, so it would stand a reason he can in, in get a hotel as part of the package. You're right, Ryan. I, my favorite thing about people like Steve Jobs, like the really rich people of the world, is that they're real micromanagers of their like locations that they own. Of all the places <laughs> If he inherits like all these different things, wouldn't the thing that he would actually want to be managing is the bar? Isn't that the one place he would actually want to insert himself and he's, do stuff with? He's on vacation staying here for 12 days. He's, he, they're, they're staying at the place. They never mentioned that he owns this hotel. Uh, my, <laughs> I like your headcanon, my headcanon being the complete opposite. My headcanon makes way more sense. It, he is he is managing these people. He's like They're like, this dog can't be here. He's like, it's fine. The dog can be here, as if he the boss. He is no. He is the rich. Is the thing. That's that's why <laughs> he gets rich away with too. This. Why does he get away with it? Nor doesn't get away because with it. because he's a man and it's the thirties. <laughs> All right, to each his own, I guess. I still think mine makes more sense. I, I think it's far more charming too if it's just Nick Charles is the most charming human being in the world, and yeah. he's he doesn't want to like make a conversation with any of these other uppity ups in the business. He's really rich, but he came from no money. And mm-hmm. so he hangs out with the working people. Yeah. Okay. Either way, <laughs> he teaches them how to make a martini. And I've, I've always taken those lessons. It's a great moment because he's teaching them. And then he like, you don't realize that the martinis for him until he sets it back on the tray. Uh-huh. The guy w- walks the tray half a step to him and he takes it back off the tray yeah. because there's proper etiquette to be followed. Oh yeah. It's so good. It's brilliant. And so then Nora comes in crashing in with Asta the pup. Asta the pup. And shout out to um, Asta in California right now. Um, Rachel's good friend and dog, Rachel mm-hmm. and Matt's dog. Great dog. Mm-hmm. Great dog. Great dog. Um, yes. And the, she, he's drinking six or seven martinis and show she immediately orders six more to catch up to him. I, I turned to Robin and I was like, hashtag couple goals because mm-hmm. like we should always be matching each other unless there's yeah. somewhere we have to drive. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny is that I've actually stopped drinking this month. Mm-hmm. I say I stopped drinking as if last really? month. Cause you look tired. <laughs> <laughs> You should see yourself. <laughs> I'm way, I am way more dark-eyed than you are. Right uh, now. But I, I say I stopped drinking as if I was drinking eight martinis a night the way these guys are. I'm like, no, I just stopped drinking my half glass of wine per night, and even that has actually increased my energy levels. I've gotten more, more energy out of it, and it's really weird to be like semi, not semi sober, but you know what I mean. Where I'm like, I'm not quitting cold turkey, but I'm just choosing not to drink for a while. Yeah, and then watching this movie, I'm like. 
I want to drink, but I'm going to stay strong. Have you have you ever done that any other time in your life? When I first, when Theo was first born, I didn't drink at all. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be stone sober because you never know what happens, you know. Holding and you're baby. new to it. You know, you want to be working at top efficiency. I yeah. get it. But that was absolutely the healthiest I ever, ever was. Mm. Well, um, you were walking a lot too. Yeah. yeah. That was that was nice. <laughs> you know, I've done the um the no drinking thing. I did it once for three months and I did it like another time for about the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Just almost as like it wasn't even for health or for any particular reason. I was just like, I'm going to choose to do this right now. Mm. And then I did and I was like, Okay, I will drink again. <laughs> and uh like are you is it just for more energy? Oh yeah, I've I won't I don't want to say twice as much energy, but it kind of feels that way where it's like before I would be getting real sleepy and like would not be able to function at the end of the night. But now like finishing the movie last night, I like zipped up to bed. I was like, "Whew, that was a great movie. I'm going to go to bed now." Like that Wait, kind of Wait, do you feeling. want more energy when you're falling asleep? <laughs> well, it's it's that weird thing where it's like fall asleep perfectly and then I just do. And it's just that it's just a lot easier to transition in between things like when you wake up like I have to get up early every day for work and Me it's too. like I can just jump into the shower and then get to work and it's a lot easier now. And it's again, it's not like I have uh, had a hangover every morning, every morning. It wasn't like I was drinking a lot. But yeah, it's you just, said half a glass of wine, but it was just a little bit. You know, I there's mm. something about just cutting off completely and it's just I saw an improvement, but I'm not. I'm not saying never drink because I'll probably have a cocktail this weekend, but it's nice. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think. um I was very happy to have a drink during this movie, though. Right. Because it would be like watching Mad Men, but never being able to have whiskey mm-hmm. or smoke. And like, I smoked four packs a day or so when I was watching Mad Men. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't smoke. <laughs> uh, but like, there there is something about accentuating your experience of these movies sometimes. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, because like when we watch with Noah and I... There's got to be, uh, you got to be a little bit in oh, their headspace. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I, I might join you this next month because I have like some writing I really want to get done. And yeah. I, I, I've i been so tired from working recently that adding to that with a little bit of alcohol at the end of the night is probably detrimental. The thing I want to try to quit, I don't think I can do it, is caffeine. I hear people who quit caffeine are like on this like extra level i don't know i've done it i've done it before many times where i've like i'm gonna go a month or two without caffeine and it's like it's not really any different it's you just notice the come down in the afternoon goes away Mm. so well the people in this movie i think this is probably one of the movies that has the most drinks per capita (laughs) like yeah it's it's up there with with withnell and i for sure they have there's so many hangovers in this movie, or ought to be hangovers. There ought to be hangovers, but I think we only see one. We only see one, which is the next scene after we see her catch up to his seven martinis, which, yeah, I feel that. Um, yeah. Miss, do not miss that pain. <laughs> but, I mean, these two people are that kind of recreational, like, professional drinkers, mm-hmm. where... She should have a worse hangover. Yeah. But she doesn't. She's just like, I'll just have some French fries and I'm good. Yeah. She she has like a fun, um, 
uh, it's it's like a hot water bottle, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It, but it wraps around her chin, yeah. like like she's like standing out front of uh, Buckingham Palace, yeah, like, yeah. like she's Bugs Bunny or something. Yeah. Uh, so then Macaulay, the lawyer, comes over. Uh, oh no 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 no! While they were at the bar the night before, mm. we meet Dorothy, uh, who's worried because the Wynant, the father, hasn't sh- turned up. He's she's to supposed to get married. And, you know, he's absent-minded, and so Nick's like, nah, he's just kind of an absent-minded guy. I'm sure he'll turn up, but she's like, oh, you should go look for him. He's like, ah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, and, and there's <laughs> this movie per per minute has the most uh, denials of the call of action. Uh-huh. It, oh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Like, he's he is the prototypical hero by oh, yeah. times 30. Yeah, he's like, I will reject this call again and again. Again and again, which makes him the greatest detective. <laughs> so then Macaulay shows up and like the the lawyer wants to know if he's on the case. He's like, I don't want to be a part of it. But yeah. then he, Wynant apparently shows up. We hear over the phone that he shows up. So he's right. like, oh, there you go. There's a lot of like, Wynant's out there because Macaulay says so. Yeah. So the middle of the movie is the swirl of the rogues gallery getting like bigger and bigger and the mystery getting deeper and deeper. People are dying and the suspicions are raised. And and the the way it all wraps back up to Nick is like like Morelli sh- shows up. Um, like, well, the whole family ends up coming over to their house during this party mm-hmm. and being like, I did it. I did it. I did it. Yeah. You, like, you don't know who did it. And like, because everybody thinks that like uh Wynant did it because uh like the wife finds the his bracelet on Julia oh, Wolf's body. Oh yeah, first, Julia Wolf dies. The first death is the mistress is dead. Right. And she's been shot and you know, the ex-wife shows up and she like steals what we think is money but it's actually a bracelet off of her in in order to like keep Wynant from going to jail because it's Wynant's bracelet. And it's it's some hijinks and what's funny is just the way that they, our couple handles it. Yeah. Like Morelli comes over at one point in time and he's like this gangster and he's, he's like, like, I didn't do it. And they're like, ah, cool. who are you? And he's like pointing guns at them. And the way they, they end up getting out of it is like Nick punches Nora to get her out of the way of the bullet. And then like takes the bullet and tackles Morelli and the cops show up. And I, I mean, it's just a bunch of that mm-hmm. over and over and over. Yeah. A lot of a lot of hijinks, a lot of like banter, and a lot of like Nick eventually finds himself sleuthing for this case because things get weird and he gets hunches and he eventually is like, eh, I'll take a look. Let's let's talk about like what draws him. Cause the more people that say you should do this, he's like, Nope, no, I, don't I don't want wanna. to. I don't know anything about it. Ask the police. But the thing that makes this job attractive to him is when it gets interesting right when it seems open and shut he's like i don't really care about this but the more complications and the more people that say that they didn't do it he's like okay like there's a mystery afoot and almost like sherlock holmes he's like he's attracted to it like a magnet to some metal right because he's like he sees that the cops think that they've got it all buttoned up and he realizes the cops are dead wrong he's Mm -hmm. like 
all right, there's more to this. If the cops think they've got it and they clearly don't have it, then I'm going to figure out what's going on because I can't help myself. He's the best kind of egotistical. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm going to f- figure it out. He's like, I want to make some people feel stupid, but definitely not look like I'm trying to. Because he doesn't tell the cops, uh, I think you got it wrong. He yeah. just goes out and shows them that they've got it wrong. Right. Because uh, eventually, uh, who's the second person that gets knocked off? Uh, Mannheim. Yeah, and he's like related. He's yeah. related to uh, Julia Wolf a little bit. Like he was yeah. around, like he's creeping around. Yeah, and he's the one with the other fiery blonde. Yeah, and like <sighs> he gets killed, and then they find a third body, but that is like broken down and like all skeletalized. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to know how they did that back then. Like I, I imagine like a Dick Tracy or breaking bad level of like toxic chemicals being poured in oh yeah well the body was around was interred for like two or three months like it couldn't possibly have broken down that quickly no like you've seen um young frankenstein right uh you see the progression of the bodies where it's like three months one year i've never seen that (gasps) i've seen blazing saddles so i've seen the classics I guess. You've seen one. <laughs> seen Spaceballs. I, uh, well, my joke doesn't land then. Robin Hood <laughs> Men in Tights. But you haven't seen Young Frankenstein? The Producers. I haven't seen Young Frankenstein. That's so good, man. We I should know. watch it sometime. It's on my list. It's a rom-com just like this one. Is it? No. Igor, would you give me a hand with the bags? Certainly. You take the blonde and I'll take the one in the tie then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and the uh, police detective like show up at Nunheim's place mm-hmm. and Nunheim runs away and Nick knows that he's run away, but mm-hmm. the, the police officer doesn't catch on. If and... you didn't have Nick Charles or Nora Charles, this would be a very boring mystery movie. Yeah, it really would be. It, it would be very uh, by the numbers. You need somebody with charisma to make this mystery seem interesting and the plot is very much if law and order existed in the 30s this would be one of the plots yeah like it's just getting the job done of like well i don't know what's going on but i guess i'll watch these cops figure it out i guess every single time you hear bum bum (laughs) you have to take a drink (laughs) yeah then you'd be as drunk as nick and nora how much is the numbers wise how many do you think is the most drinks that you've had in one night um North of eleven or twelve, yeah, right. Yeah, I think I'm I'm closer to ten ish. No way. Yeah, you've gone to way more intense parties than I ever did. I just remember what, like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, intense I, parties. I don't know where you're dancing and laughing till it's four thirty in the morning, and you, mean, you just you, don't care. You who mean knows like the it. Matrix Reloaded? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're like down in Zion. People are getting all naked on top of you, and there's all this booze just going down your gullet. I I think I need to remind you that I played Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> in college. Hey, those guys get freaky deaky too. <laughs> um, I think no, I I just I also have a slighter frame. Like alcohol goes way oh. quicker to my head than you. I rem- Have you had those moments where it's like I have to stop drinking immediately? Where it's just like the room won't stop spinning. I don't want to go throw up. I'm going to just stop. There was the one time where I found out that I got into film school that I didn't end up going to, but I I was very excited and I drank at my work after I got off, Mm -hmm. and then um, I went over to Derek's house, uh, who lived across the street from you and I, and I drank there too, and I stumbled the 
quarter of a block home to our apartment. You were already in bed <laughs> and I was trying to like drink a glass of water because I knew like I was like, I need to get some water and some ibuprofen in me. And I dropped the glass in our big sink and just bro- it broke. <laughs> and as I was trying to clean it up, I slit my hand open. Oh my god! And so I was like bleeding all over the place. So and that's I was, what that was. No, <laughs> like I cleaned it up, but. Like, like mainly because I was like, Ryan can't find this. <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to think somebody was murdered in here. <laughs> Don't, didn't you hate it when you had to walk all the way home and you had had several drinks at a bar and you're like, oh, my gosh, I have to go home still. You know, I I'd never like I kind of made sure that if I was walking home. I was all well. No, there were a couple of those times where it's like you kind of have like, like narrow stay vision. True, stay and you're true. Like, walk straight. Walk straight. Yeah, there were a couple of times we had such a hill to walk up, though. I know. See, that's why you need you need the kind of money these people have so that you can like get a taxi home. Or, the thing is, or though, you can order a flock of sandwiches like you, Nora. When you're walking up that hill of ours, it really sobered you up. Cause like it got your blood going and like really like metabolized things in your, I mean, in your system. Kind of. I I I felt, felt sober when I, I got up. There was like Ugh. I I more so felt sweaty. Like I lost the last of the actual H two O in my right. in my body. So I was more like more dehydrated and and I think toxically drunk than I was before. Those were the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, they they find this body in Winant's place and they're like, Winant has struck again, but really, and we get a lot of montages where there's like a thin shadow of mm-hmm. Winant. Um, but Nick f- finds this body and he's like, Oh, it's not a fat guy. Oh, there's a, there's a piece of shrapnel in his leg. And he's like, he knows it's Winant. We know it's Winant. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it's Winant except for the people in this movie. Yeah. So they, uh, Nick's like, I think I've got it figured out. And Nora's like, well, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to throw a party with the entire rogues gallery. And then, (laughs) and then we'll figure it out. I like how he does what other detectives do from something like a Agatha Christie. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to gather everybody together, but usually it's like, we're all on this train. We're all in this <laughs> You're house. You're stuck on this boat. You have to have it this way. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to force an Agatha Christie situation. I'm going to get all the cops in the city to go get all these people and bring them here for my entertainment. My favorite part is when, because the cops all have to dress up as servers. And yeah. like, who are they kidding anyways? You might as well just all be cops. Sure. But they, this one cop brings these uh this gangster in his mole a cocktail and he's like have a cocktail yeah yeah it's very good <laughs> so good i think he wants us to have a cocktail <laughs> uh and then nick does his wrap up i love every good detective story has the detective wrap-up yeah, monologue it's very i good. love these monologues so it, much it's it's one of the best pieces of fiction mm-hmm. because to to imagine that somebody has the amount of charisma to control a room in which there is a murderer, keep us in suspense, keep the murderer in suspense, keep everybody else in suspense, mm-hmm. especially when they all know the murderer is in the room. It's like watching a magician on stage where you're like, I know they're going to do a trick. I know I'm about to be trick, but I want to try to catch the trick. I didn't catch the trick. <sighs> it's so it's so good. And we just find out. Spoiler alert. It was the lawyer. And that just ends. Could so I, I you've seen this movie more than I have, yeah. right? Um, I, this is my second time seeing it. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember for the life of me who had done it. Right, and I'm glad because I thought it was the brother uh-huh. the whole time because this brother is playing like this, like I I don't, I don't want to call him overeducated, but like he's kind of just a little weirdo. Yeah, who stares really closely at people, and I thought he was trying to throw off everybody's scent. Yeah. 
and he killed his dad for like the money that he wasn't going to get willed or something. And Macaulay is such a nice guy the entire movie. That's why it's a good twist. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I guess so. It's like it doesn't matter in the end. Yeah, it's, that's, it could have been any of them. Exactly. It's the weird thing about hard-boiled fiction and Professor Casey Andrews, as he famously taught me. I don't know if he taught me this, but he showed me all these stories where, like, in our hard-boiled class. Did you come to some of those film sessions when we watched movies? Yeah, I went to a couple, but I also attended um, the Vic Bob hard-boiled detective Ah, class. Ah, you had the Vic Bob version. Mm -hmm. I'd like to compare notes with you someday, but until then, (laughs) the it's about the journey, not not the destination. Sure. With these stories. Well, because it's about being dogged for for most of these detectives. You're Sam Spades. Yeah, because. This one, it's like, ah, it's a liar. Who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. Um, in the the big goodbye. Hey, listeners, uh, this is very sleepy Kelly from the future. Um, Ryan felt a great deal of shame, shame upon his family for conflating the long goodbye and the big sleep. And so he wanted me to jump in here and remind everyone that he actually knows that the movie is called The Big Sleep. Um, so don't add him. And back to the show. It doesn't make any sense. Like, at a certain point, you can't re- reconstruct, like, what went wrong with the crimes that happened. Right. You can't actually, like, it defies logic. Well, all that matters is Bogey and Bacall. That's all that really matters about that story. I mean, it's kind of like the whole twist of the Maltese Falcon is kind of unsatisfying. Right. Because, like, the Maltese Falcon is, like, this this really big... Um, I wouldn't, I, I would hazard to call it a red herring, but it isn't what everybody thinks it is. And like none of the mystery mattered because everybody goes home empty handed at the end. Right. Whereas, uh, like a, a more modern version, like, um, Chinatown, right. Mm. Chinatown will also do this where like the mystery is solved we know who did it but nobody gets their comeuppance in the end because that's chinatown but the revelation is so horrifying and cathartic yeah like how like what what jake finds out you're like oh right man and he and he finds it out like five sixths of the way through the movie yeah right and so like the the wrap-up is in in like these older versions where it's like a detective and a bunch of people surrounding him when he like or her when they reveal it's a sense with them it's that guy did it. Yeah, it's and it's it's cathartic I think to the audience because we we want answers, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we desperately want answers and I think the the best the best murder mysteries can like make that seem novel or make it seem like it was right in front of us the whole time. Right. This is not concerned with that. Yeah, cuz like um it's Dashiell Hammett, who's I always forget this other author's name. The one I well, the one we were just I, I was trying to do that like with Robin last night. I was like the other person, not Dashiell Hammett. But um, those guys, they never even knew while they were writing it who did it. They're like, I don't know, I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> like you, you've written mysteries before. You've you've mm-hmm. written mystery screenplays. How do you do it? Do you go backwards or do you just start I, with I, a question? No, I always like I don't. I couldn't write something like that. It would stress me out way uh-huh. too much. I have to start at the end, know who did it, and then build the mystery. Hey, you know who should do that? J.J. Abrams. 
I know, right? <laughs> Start backwards, man. You can't give us these intriguing questions and never actually get to the answer. Well, you know what? I, I also do think that J.J. Abrams, as as much as he likes to talk about the mystery box, I bet he has those answers at first, but he is, like, in something like Lost, like, by the time you get to the end, it's like, well, this is a producer's game now. Right. Like, he's gone. He's like, left. He's yeah. moved away. He's on to different projects. Yeah. And with Star Wars, like, you have that many different producers slash directors slash writers coming in and messing things up you you can't really resolve the mystery that he started because they've yeah. gotten in a com- they zigged long ago when you <laughs> zagged yeah and so i mean i hear what you're saying for sure but like i i think you're right where it's about the journey with somebody like dashville hammett because like when you're reading the first chapter of of the book and it's like somebody standing outside a bar and he watches somebody go in and he's mm-hmm. waiting for this to happen and he's going to go upstairs and there's like five different gangsters sitting outside of a room playing cards and he walks up and he's like, I got to talk to your boss. And it's like the feeling that we get right. in being scared or in control as a yeah. detective and like being knowledgeable about a situation is far more important than the answer, yeah. I guess. Cause this is, you know, the storytelling is, in mystery, but it's also part of hard-boiled tradition, but also part of the noir tradition. And, like, you look at neo-noir stories, think of, like, this is kind of Brick. a... Or or I was going to go with Blade Runner. It's not a mystery. It's a neo-noir. It's a sci-fi noir, but there's no... It's more m- a thr- it's, sci-fi thriller? Yeah, he's just hunting people. Yeah. That's all that's happening. And so there's a lot of mystery fiction where it's not even about the questions, not about the mystery. It's mm-hmm. about, for this, the central couple... Because yeah. if it was Nick by himself, just doing quips to the cops, it'd be fine. It would but... be fine, but not good enough. And there's plenty of other William Powell movies where he plays detectives and he's quipping at the cops. And Myrna also, at one point in time, she starts inserting herself into the mystery too. Yeah. And I want to watch more of the the follow ups because I'd love to see. You want to borrow my 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 Blu-ray for the yeah segment? yeah I you would like it. Robin and I would love to watch it because you have a like, good time does she, does she become more a part of the solving of the mysteries eventually um she's just as I don't know if she's necessarily involved in resolving it but she's just as I don't want to say used but she's in she's in there yeah there's there's some things that she causes in the second one which yeah. are fun without Nora Nick would be a hard boiled detective, and I'm glad that he has her to balance yeah, him out. Yeah, because then he would just be kind of a sarcastic Joe. Yeah, like he would just yeah. be making sardonic quips, and that's that's not that different from like Elliot Gould doing it in in sure. his movies. You know the uh, I think the like you mean like the long goodbye or yeah. something. Yeah, the point in time where he gets most like that is after he finds the body when he goes up to the um the office and he sticks him up to walters and yeah he's like put him up there's there's a detective move right there but there's and and it feels like that until he turns to asta and asta's like <laughs> hiding under the table yeah. because he's a good dog um, but a lot of a lot of the like back and forth in the dialogue is not a detective to his wife it's a jovial husband to his wife who yeah. happens to be a detective and i like yeah and i like that she she's super smart as well and like he's a little juvenile and she's a little classy mm-hmm. but they pull each other to their level kind yeah. of and she becomes a little bit more juvenile with him and oh, he yeah. becomes a little more classy with her oh yeah it's a really good um i i did want to say when we were talking about wrap-ups um 
I, I, the reason why Agatha Christie is so good in this genre is because not every one of her books, but oftentimes if you get like a, and then there were none mm-hmm. or uh, murder on the Orient express. Yeah. Like everybody knows the twist to those now, but my first time reading them, it was so novel. It oh was, yeah. It was like, Whoa, I had no idea. And like, I, I, I don't think that, I don't think that the noir is taking a detective um, story and doing it new and differently. I think it's taking the mood yeah. of a detective and doing it differently. I'd much rather have it that way because I like Agatha Christie and I like a movie like Knives Out, which is a very Christie-esque yeah. way of mm-hmm. doing mystery storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this great performance in Knives Out. Um, Frank Oz's assistant. You guys should s- just keep your <laughs> eyes out for her. Incredible. Yeah, all... <laughs> All four seconds. I are, I need to I do need to rewatch it because I was like, oh, I refer, I I remember your character. Now. I I uh, I watched that with you actually. Did you? Yeah. Is that nice? Uh, we watched that and Brick in the same week. Oh right. Yeah. I, um, I respect it. What, what my point was, uh, it's hard to re-experience those stories. Yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Knives Out is fun to re-experience because I've watched that several times. It's the performances in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like Daniel Craig is like, right. I just like being around this dude. But if you if you watch Murder on the Orient Express, the newest one, like there's I had some, no interest in there's some it. serviceable performances, but nothing is mind blowing at all. And like if it feels almost fan servicey because they're like everybody knows the mystery anyway, whatever. Yeah. And it's like you, if if that's the case, you better like have the greatest performances ever. If like we're not here for the mystery, and that's what we have here. We're not here for the mystery. We're here for the performances. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's the Thin Man. Mm-hmm. Um, stick around for a mysterious trope talk after these these messages. S- these mysterious messages. Ah, welcome to Booberry Cereal. <laughs> ah, 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 ah! I'm Count Jacula, and I'm here to talk about the mystery flavor this week. Guess what it is? Uh, what is it, Count? Watermelon flavor. Oh my God. Ah ha! You'll be running for the hills, screaming. I meant mysterious, not scary. Scooby Doo like scary. Ooh, but, but see, they're white, and so you're like, what flavor is that? Coconut? Oh no, you're drunk. It's marshmallow. Oh no, it's 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 still watermelon. <laughs> and we're back with trope talk. It's like rope talk because that's one of the things you need to have in Clue, and it's like Hitchcock. There you Who go. Also made Mystery. Rope. This couple that is at the center of our mystery story is the glue that holds this world together, right? Everything seems to revolve around them. Mm. I think one of you made mention that they don't really have an arc in no. this story. It's very static. It's yeah. I mean, they don't grow Mm-mm. at all. They just are, and we just like what they are. Exactly. And I guess they're they're like the most growth that they have is she doesn't want him to go die, and then he's like, "It's okay, baby, I won't." And she's like, cool. "Okay, you better come back." <laughs> um, but what makes I think a like the trope of the steadfast detective good for these stories is you have a world of chaos and this mystery surrounding this one person who acts like a rock, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're the, the mass of the world in which like everything is gravitating around. Mm-hmm. And I think as a couple, 
even though they aren't like so steadfast and like bulldog's nose to the ground detectives as some of our other ones from this genre, I think having them not go through their own arc in a murder mystery like this, where it just feels so chaotic on the outside is important to keeping the story structured. I think on balance, this movie wouldn't work as much if they also had like an arc they were going through. So you're saying that there needs to be a, um, an anchor and a consistency to give our audience something to like, hold on to. Sure. Like, Okay, this is going to be a really weird comp, but it was the first thing that came to mind. I'm thinking of The Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. It is this bananas plot, right? Like, really nothing happens except that his his carpet gets stolen, his rug gets stolen, Mm -hmm. and then he has to try to go get it back, and then he tries to pay somebody and it doesn't work, and he tries to look for somebody. But it's like, like the actual stuff that happens to the dude just happens because the world's chaotic around him. But right. he is like steadfast in the middle of it. He and is mainly what's a stead- rock. <laughs> and mainly what else is steadfast is bowling. Like yeah. they always go back to this bowling alley and they have bowling, right? And I think in throughout your movies, if you're a writer, making anchors out of either people or places or tone is important. You, you need that base yeah. level. Like if you're making a cake, you're going to use a lot of flour, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be what the the gummy stuff that holds everything together. Yeah, that's and that's all I'm saying. These people are our gum. They are the dude. They are the dude. They are the dude. I I like them. I I concur with your consistency part, but I like them as role models too. Me too. Um, you, your your detective stories that it plays with the role model attitude of like anti-hero detectives or full-on hero detectives cuz your anti-hero detectives are like the drunks, the slobs, they they can't hold down a relationship because they're married to the job, blah sure. blah blah. Mm-hmm. But you can also have And detect- there's always a damsel. Right. But you can also have detective stories where the and this as I'm describing them like this is actually pretty rare. I, we rarely see the detective as the knight in shining armor. I mean, that's that's kind of if you have somebody like Poirot or yeah, um, the Christie heroes are pretty steadfast. Yeah, and so but, is, but they're not usually falling in love, right? Like or like Benoit Blanc, he's just like he's just a solid dude, right? You know, he's just there. Um, th- this couple is a role model couple that they show us what marriage should look like, right? Not all marriages, but like this is the spirit your marriage should take on, like. They, and um, they, it's exemplified in stuff like, uh, okay, so the young girl comes over, right? Mm-hmm. And the first time uh, Nora sees Dorothy, when she like talks to Nick, she's like, oh, hey, hey, yeah, you're great. Okay, we'll have this conversation. And when she goes away, she's like, so how do you know her? You know, she does that thing like, mm, mm-hmm. I, I just want to know. But she doesn't do it in a jealous way. She does it in a playful way. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Nick's like, she's my daughter from another <laughs> marriage. And they just get to play back and forth and stick their tongue out at each other a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then later when Dorothy comes back again and Nick's holding her because she's just had a horrible time. Mm-hmm. Like she walks in, sees him. He sticks his tongue out at her. She sticks his <laughs> tongue out at him. And she's like, yeah, it's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Like, obviously you're doing something important. There's no jealousy between them, at least no visible jealousy. No. And that kind of like confidence between two partners is something that you like long for. Yeah. And it, 
I think the two central things to them is trust mm-hmm. and playfulness. Yes. And I yes. think that's what good steadfast relationships need to have. You don't have to be super playful with each other. If that's not your personality, that's not your personality. Sure. But to whatever degree that you enjoy playfulness, you should share that with your partner. I do think that if you are in any kind of relationship with somebody, but especially something that's very close and generally something that gets romantic, deriving joy from this relationship is something that I think is integral to success. Mm -hmm. And I think playfulness is a really good way to get there. I'm a very playful person. I'm more yeah. pl- I'm more playful than Robin for sure. She is much more anchory than I am. But but us playing together is what definitely brings joy to especially days like this where we have like a child who's like teething right now oh. and she's really fussy and she has stranger danger and she's doing this thing where she squeals a lot and <laughs> it's tough some days where like to find those moments together where you feel like, ah, oh, nothing's a very big deal right now, especially after working all day. It's it's tough to find that. And so playing with each other just a little bit reminds you that, hey, no matter what is a big deal, at least we're not a big deal. You got types? Only you, darling. Lanky brunettes with wicked jaws. Do you feel like Robin gets you in your playfulness? Like, does she get it? Like your thing, your yeah. brand. Well, I think you have to really to have a, a good successful relationship. I like how do you know she gets your playfulness? Through response. Mm. I feel like 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 an improv game. Like she right. just will go along with your thing. Yeah. If if you're and not always. I'm <laughs> like I, I don't I don't think that everybody's as perfect a couple as this one. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of times when you're reaching out to your partner. Sometimes they're not in the same headspace as you and can't just get what you're trying to do. Right. But if they're there like 80, 90% of the time, you're doing pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. And I see for like Sarah, like I'll be in a weird mood and she'll just be like, okay, good for you. You're in a weird mood. Whereas I'm sure if I was in a much unhappier relationship, it would just be like, I don't don't get it. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Even if Robin doesn't quite understand, she's like, I see what you're doing. And I'm happy that you're happy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I was, it was once described to me from my good friend, Rylan, um, him and his wife, Sue love each other's weird. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another essential component where these two are pretty similar as, as far like Nick and Nora, as far as like couples go, mm-hmm. he's weirder than her. Yeah. Like, and more eccentric. And she is a little, like I said, a little bit more like classy in a way, but not in a uppity way. Right. You know, and they seem to just get each other's weird. Like when he's shooting all the balloons with his gun. It's, yes. And by the way, directors look at this movie. This is how conversations should go. This, this movie is a, a ream of conversations, just like yeah. our, our last film, uh, Philadelphia story. Yeah. But our characters are always doing something. Yeah. Do you know that they shot this movie in like 10 days? It doesn't surprise me. It's so economical and just, it just goes, 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 goes. But she's watching him shoot all these balloons and she's just, just like, like his she's, wife should watch him. Yeah, like, she's like, you're, f- are you you're, doing? You're being a child, but she, I'm not going to say don't do that. I'm not going to say what are like what are you doing? I'm she's just going to enjoy this show of you being petulant. Yeah, and she's going to look at him like, I know you're being petulant right now. 
I still love you, but I'm still going to let you know that you're Patrick. I wish I could show you guys this. That's the one drawback of a podcast. You got to just see the scene because it's just so silly because he's shooting his balloons and it ends with him shooting the window out. And then right after he does that, he's like, I'm going to go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) And I I do have to say, like, they're a very rich couple. They probably don't have a lot of problems Mm -hmm. like that are stressing them in other ways. So, but- I mean, that's kind of what you went to the movies for in 1934, Absolutely. because you're like, my life's been hell for a while. I don't have money. Yeah. Let me go feel rich for a little while just hanging out with these dudes. Yeah. So that brings us right on over to our Patreon. All right. The first thing I want to announce to you guys is we got an April movie poll. It's bridal shower, not shower, but it's bridal themed. Mm-hmm. And once... Again, I feel like you guys are like trying to just, I don't know, not pull one over on us, but pull one over on us. Your four choices are My Best Friend's Wedding, Bride Wars, Bridesmaids, and The Wedding Planner. And once again, we have a tie. Uh, And this tie can be broken. You still have a couple weeks. So it's tied between My Best Friend's Wedding and Bridesmaids. Both excellent movies. I would not mind if they both won. Yeah. But nonetheless, you know, maybe we should have a winner winner. I think... I, I especially want my best friend's wedding to pop up on there. I'd like to watch it because I haven't watched it probably since the 90s. It's probably one of the most unique mainstream rom-coms. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Because it has characters that are doing things that cannot be defended. And Whoa. Yeah. It's just like Roger Ebert has a fascinating review of it. Okay. Like he literally uses the words, here's where things get interesting. Well, if you want to ensure that we watch my best friend's int- wedding, then you have to come on over to patreon.com slash romcom gents. Yes, you ah. do. Make a vote. Listen to our bonus episode. We've got Turning Red out now. We'll have Gilman Girls season four. Oh, man. Can I just a uh, little tease for uh, what the, a tease the, you are? The Gilmore Girls episode uh, jumped back into to watching the show, mm-hmm. and it's so refreshing where season four starts. It's like oh, a clean slate. It's you so know? good. Like I mean, it's the party, right? Uh, it's when she goes off to Yale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there a party? Oh what? yeah, she does hold. She has a party. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's she has a party in there in her dorm. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no. I mean, the party ends the last season. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Well, they go, yeah, 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 yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. talk about it. But yeah, yeah. man, so refreshing to be back into, into Gilmore Girls. Uh, that'll be our bonus episode this month. There's an essay by moi. Yes, there's an essay. It came to me in this can. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Did it explode when you opened it? This can of yerba mate. I opened it, and then there's an explosion of foam, <laughs> and I was nailed in the eye with your essay. And then there was fire. Because it's Michael Bay movie that I wrote about. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, well, it was Bayham from the beginning in this can. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan went to see Ambulance, the new Jake Gyllenhaal and... Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. Movie. <laughs> and uh, do you want to give a little tease of wh- All right. what Here's you thought? All right. Here's my capsule review. You can read my full thoughts because I've got a lot of thoughts. Can you get it in one sentence? Uh, I'm not going to do it in one sentence. Oh. I'm going to give him more than I got to give him more than that. Even though uh, it's a tease. Even though the content of this movie cannot be described longer than a sentence because <laughs> it's really just a 2-hour car chase. But man, this is some incredible filmmaking in a schlocky fun way. Dune, this is not the Batman, this is not. This is a cheap ass Jake Gyllenhaal actioner and 
it fun. It real fun. See it in the theater if you're thinking about it. Don't wait to watch it on your phone. It's fun in the IMAX. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Would you say that that going in with an expectation of lower? lower? Okay, (laughs) but then you'll have more fun. Yeah, like do not expect any content out of this. Go for the thrills. Stay for the thrills. You're only getting thrills. (laughs) Go for the thrills. Stay for the thrills. Well, I I, I realize it's like, oh, you didn't try hard in anything else. Like the script is so basic. It basic. And it it doesn't ever slow down to like do character development or like relationship development. Like it's there kind of. I mean, it's kind of in the title, right? Ambulance. Ambulance. Well, no, I just mean like. (laughs) It's like going to a Waffle House that's just called Waffle House. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, you know what you're going to get. You better order the waffles. Yeah. And and if you come complaining that, you know, this element is not good enough, it's like, if you're here for anything else, <laughs> you're going to have a real bad time. So. Okay. I, okay. I, I had fun. Okay. Had fun. Okay. Well, after reading your review, I kind of want to see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to be in the mood, though. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. I get it if you're going to be choosy about going to the movies these days. If if you're going to let's you're not drinking right now, but if you're going to like you can have any food mm-hmm. while you watch this movie, what what food would you recommend? Chili dog. Chili dog. Easy. It's a chili dog movie. It's a chili dog kind of movie. Okay, okay, yeah. I gotcha. I mean cuz it's like you're not going to feel great after. <laughs> but you're going to have but, a good time. Okay. <laughs> but it is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's good. Might be exciting later too. It's going to get real exciting later. Yeah. So that's the <laughs> Patreon. Um, lots of good stuff. Also, it it's just really helpful to us. It helps us pay our bills. So thank you to our patrons yes. currently doing that. It's Please really nice. and thank you. Um, and yeah, if you if you join in on the fun, you're helping us feed our children. So that's got to feel good on your end, and maybe our future children. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, you're investing in us. Maybe our other children that we don't even know about, but we'll <laughs> we'll one day find out about. Our secret kids are thanking you, you could, right now. Just think of all the children that you're helping. You don't have to pay to leave a review either. If that's no, something you yes. want to do to help us out, go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating or a four-star. I wouldn't mind. I mean, you know, the the pub, if you went to public school, you know who paid for that? Us. Us. You're your welcome. Taxes. Yeah. You know, when you took that fourth grade typing class. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the patreon um i'm gonna hog the the mic a little bit longer because i just want to do this now i want to give out my golden sword award she a blessing from the lord god be praised The Golden Sword. I want to give my golden sword to William Powell and what he does with a BB gun. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just There's... his BB gun action. He's Annie Oakley with a BB gun. It's amazing. But he's, he's yeah, he's doing all of these non-trick trick shots. Yeah. Where he's like shooting between <laughs> his legs, but that doesn't make it any harder. No. <laughs> but I'm still impressed nonetheless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this golden sword award to the party. Ooh. Which, the, well, there's a couple parties. I'm going to give this to the... The Christmas party? The Christmas party. Yeah. There's this party with a bunch of, like, characters in it, mm-hmm. and presumably a lot of the people at this party are ex-cons. Yeah. 
And I like I like how he's just like, yeah, I, I hang out with ex-cons. It's cool. Yeah. And all of them are like, hey, you put me away for six years, but you're so charming that I'm mm-hmm. going to come hang out at your Christmas party. And there's this throwaway, not throwaway line. There's a capstone line at the end where um, Myrna Loy turns to William Powell and kisses him and says, like, uh, you know what I love about you? You have the most interesting friends. And that's when they like they're all singing the the wrong lyrics to these Christmas songs because uh-huh. they're drunk and they can't remember them. And there's this guy trying to call his mom. It's <laughs> chaos. But it's again, it's great chaos surrounding this couple we love. Mm. And so the party gets the Golden Sword Award for me. Good Golden Sword. Well, now, now I will ask. Do you have any letters? Hey, Flo. Huh? Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you got me off. You sent me a letter. You've got mail. Yes! <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so I was shaking my arms in the air like Kermit. Like he just uh, don't care. It snowed in Portland this week. And yeah. it, it was just out By of the nowhere. By the way, it's middle April. Yeah. Um... And there's this this website that you all should go to right now. It's just called Is It Snowing in PDX? Um, <laughs> or It's Snowing in PDX. You'll find it if you look for it. And all it is is Kermit. <laughs> and Kermit's there not doing anything. And it's green, mm-hmm. I believe, um, when it's not snowing. But when it is snowing, it's red and Kermit's freaking out. <laughs> and that's basically what happens to Portland when it snows. We're um, snow wimps. But anyway, yes. So what does that have to do with letters? Well, uh, he it, the oh he's part of the bit. The, he's part of the intro. Yeah, he's part yeah. of the drop. Do you have any letters? We got a letter this week from Erna, E R N A, mm. who's wondering if we're going to go on tour ever. Just ask us over. We'll come on over to you. We'll take a tour to your house. <laughs> I don't actually know where Erna's from, but <laughs> if you do want us to come on tour, um, invite us to a podcast festival. Ooh, are there if, fests? If, if you're in charge of that. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Oh really? Usually like there's Hey, you guys went out on a date to a podcast thingy. We did. Yeah. Um, we went out to see the greatest generation uh last week. They're on tour for the first time in, you know, years. Yeah. And it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. We uh, they watched Star Trek four, the one with the whales. Oh, and... was there live commentary or did they like introduce and then have fun afterwards? No, so um the the way that they did their show is they kind of had um, they they what, the way their show works is kind of like ours, where they talk about a thing that they watched, mm-hmm. um, and they had some that was improv and some jokes that were like that they wrote for it, but then they also edited the movie. They had like these bits that they edited into the movie. Like there's this weird scene where. <laughs> <laughs> there's time travel and you see like these milky faces. And so they just edited in all of these moments with like milk from different movies <laughs> to that scene. And like, there's a scene, I don't know what it's from. Maybe yes, man. It's with Jim Carrey running and like pouring milk for like a bunch of different children. And then you have like Mrs. Doubtfire like, Ooh, Oh, right. Right. Anyway, it was a really good show. And, um, we would love to put on a show like that. Yeah. There's, um, San Francisco sketch fest. Mm. Um, there's, um, Seattle has a couple different podcasts. So yeah, we yeah. we would love to do that. We would love to. I think at some point we could put on a 
uh, trivia night, a movie screening, sure, a thing sure. we could do in Portland. So if there's demand, we will make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I would love to travel for this, but and like our audience is getting kind of bigger now, mm-hmm. so maybe that's something that can happen. But we'll see. Yeah. If, if anybody's in the business and you know any places, would we'll totally we'll totally do it. Uh, we got more letters from Janu. Now that we are saying mm-hmm. it correctly, because we were afraid that we were saying it wrong last week, and indeed, the dumbasses that we were, were doing that wrong. And yeah. now we have been politely corrected, and we're very grateful. Yeah. It's Janu, rhymes Janu, with canoe. Janu, welcome to the podcast again. You're you're like yeah. the most consistent writer, a and very we, good appreci- influence we appreciate that. Uh, she uh, agreed with our Gina Rodriguez take of yeah. she is a future star the, of the rom You were the bigger champion be- just because I haven't seen much. And so now that there's like two people yelling about Gina into my ear, I got to I got to check out more Gina movies. Well, don't do you th- do you think she was all that in a bag of chips in your Amazon movie that we watched? Did you my Amazon movie? Thank yeah. you. I, well, I'm so glad that they found the one that you championed. Yeah, um, the I want I not, not I want you back. No, I want you back, right? Michael Jackson Five song. Now, what was it called? That's the hardest thing about rom coms is... these days. It's it's I want you back. It is I want you back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shows how much you like that movie. Did did I <laughs> did I like her in it? Yeah, yeah, I liked her in it. Yeah. Was she a standout? I guess is what I'm saying. I thought everybody in the movie was really good. I think I gave that movie most interesting cast because it seemed like everybody was kind they of were cast all against. They were well, they were all kind of cast against type in this way that I really liked. Yeah. 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 Certainly, because G- I've seen Gina and other stuff, and she's n- not. The, is she like, usually like super sweet? Yeah, she's yeah. just got a good p- personality. So um, I, I think um, Janu said that she was um, she was Gina Rodriguez is kind of like uh, today's Jennifer Aniston in a way. Yeah, um, and I, I I like that. She she thinks that she's in the like the trifecta of today. She put her up for because yeah. we did that call out for like yeah. who's today's trifecta. I'll and take so it. so I mean yeah we'll see. I think I think time will tell, and in about five to ten years we'll know who it was yeah. for this time period. So I'm very excited. What's well, one of those things where it's like if you look at Bradley Cooper. Like he had been doing stuff in the aughts mm-hmm. and you just didn't realize it was Bradley Cooper until the hangover. And it's like, you, I know you. And then Silver Linings Playbook happened. And then suddenly like, right, this guy is a star. It just kind of like, just w- hit this critical mass. Did you see A Star is Born? I did. What'd you think? Ah, it was sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is a sad movie. So if you go into that being like, oh, it's a fun lady Gaga It's like movie. Michael Bay. You're going to cry, so have fun. <laughs> Do you know any fun Lady Gaga movies? Um, yeah, the music video For Bad to Romance. Bad Romance, pretty fun. <laughs> Anyways, the other thing that Janu told us about was we needed to add the movie same time next year. 70s It's rom-com. added. It's right there. I it's see added. it on You're our list. You're looking at the list. It's number one. 80? Yeah. Wow, look at us. Well, we because got, we, 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 got keep take, we keep taking some off, but then we keep adding more on. Yeah. Uh, you know, people... If you keep sending us more movies, you can get a podcast forever. Ooh, I like this. We will be stuck doing this. God, I'm so tired. Uh, <laughs> anyways, if you have suggestions, uh, write in. Leave us messages on Instagram. We want to know. We want to add them. And maybe maybe you'll force our hand, and maybe we'll have to do it if m- multiple people... Oh, this would be interesting. Hmm. What? If someone... I think this should be a rule. 
Okay. If we get a movie suggestion from multiple people, that's the same movie. We have in the to same do it. week. We have to do it that week. Yeah, that I, that's fair. Yeah, but it has to be like it can't be planned. It's got to be like a telekinesis thing where it's like this like mind melds. Like, yeah, don't you find each other on Instagram not, and then do well, not gang up with each other. You know what? Or if, gang up on each if, other. If our if our community that seems to be growing starts connecting with each other on Maybe the outside and sabotaging us, I I'm okay with that. Right. They could force us to watch a really bad one. Do you guys want us to do a bad rom-com? We've it's done almost, some bad rom-coms. It's almost more fun when it's that way. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's letters. Would you give this movie a rom-com? Oscar. Oh, they're so um, they're so chill. They're so like laid back. That was like that was like William Shatner doing Rocket, the Rocket Man. Man. It's just like very laid back. Rom-com Oscars. (laughs) Burning out this fuse out here alone. Gonna be a long, long time. Uh, Yes, I would give it a rom-com Oscar. Which Oscar shall I give it to? I would say, I don't know. There is something about the direction that, I don't want to say best direction as in it's something tantamount to Kenneth Branagh getting the best performance. But it's such a good movie that it seems to have a very good hand in it. There's such a, like, knowing W.S. Van Dyke just knows exactly what he's doing with these people. And he, um, I think he was, his nickname was One Take Willie. And like, most of these are first takes. Whoa. Yeah. He could just get it right out of him and I mean, moved on. That that speaks to both the talent of this cast mm-hmm. and also, I mean, but that's, that's just, a good hand. And, but that's the thing. It's like, maybe it's great casting because like knowing actors who do their best take on take one, mm. that's huge. And getting them all together. Yeah. And yeah. like pairing Myrna Loy and William Powell just right. They just, they got it. Yeah. I was, I worked with um, a... <laughs> uh, actress and an actor once where all of her best takes were like the first 10 and all of his were like the last 10 mm-hmm. and they were just never on the same page and you can see it and so we ended up going with like number 10 because yeah. because like he started to get better and i was like oh she's losing it and yeah. so we have to like find a middle ground here and like it, it seems like everybody's on 10 i'm right trying now. to remember for our movie Num- best i'm trying to remember i'm pretty sure like i remember some takes from like went up to rachel i'm like we gotta go again she's like fucking okay let's do it because there'd be like some intense scenes i'm trying to remember how the other actors were if they we ever had like a crosstalk of like people would warm up and then i mean i see this happen on tons of sets so i mean i i think it's inevitable yeah but maybe not always Maybe if you have like the rights, if, if the stars align, yeah, your Hollywood stars align. It really does come down to that. So yeah, um, I think I'm gonna give this movie. If you're gonna give this movie best director, I'm gonna give this best couple. Yeah, uh, yeah, easy for me. Yeah, um, the couple's great. The their dog is great too. Um, I, I like we've we've kind of expressed everything that's amazing about them. Uh, he puts her in a cab at one point in time in the movie and sends her to to go to a Sarah museum or something. murder me if I ever did that to her. But that's what I love about them is frustrates her to all get up. But when she like comes back, she's like, I'm going to put you in Grant's tomb. And then 
after that, it's like, ah, oh, we have more fun things to do than be mad at each other. That's great. I love it. Um, well, okay. Well, you said best couple, but I still must ask, who would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. <laughs> but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, and love, and love you. I know. A Myrna Loy. A hundo, a hundo, a hundo, a hundo. percent. She's foxy. She's chill. She, um, she knows when people are going to get hungry, and I think that's very important for me in a couple. Like whenever Robin's like, "When was the last time you've eaten?" I'm like. Thank mm. God someone was here to tell me that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I'm just going to go with variety in here and say Dorothy. Um, okay. Just because I don't want to take Nora away from you. You can have her. Like, What about Nick? Nick's great, but I think he would get on my nerves at a certain point. You think so? Yeah. Just because think- he's so chill? I think he's a little too chill. And it's like, how are you not freaking out about these things? <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, and Dorothy and freaks out about lots of stuff. Dorothy would be on my wavelength. I think we'd sure. be really compatible. Sure. Her her boy toy in this, what's his name? Guild? Uh, is it Guild? <laughs> I thought it was Gil. Or is it Gilbert? No, it's D. Or, There's a D there. Is Gilbert the weird guy? Or is it Tom? I don't know. <laughs> IMDb, can you just answer our questions directly? <laughs> well, whoever her guy is, he's such a he's, boy scout. He is, but he he does that thing where she's like, ah, I I'm worried about this, and he's like, don't worry about it. What are you worrying? Come for? on, baby. And it's I would never pick him because <laughs> no, like I'm a I'm pretty chill for the most part. But if I was really concerned that my father was like hurt or something, and my partner just kept saying, don't worry about yeah. it. It's fine. It's like, shut up, dude. I'd sock him in the face. Uh, well, this is the first time in like months that we have to actually find ourselves a movie next week. I'm so terrified. <laughs> kind of excited. Okay. Um, give me a number between 1 and 179. 126. Oh. <laughs> oh no, what? A movie I've seen that I'm not looking forward to rewatching, but I think it'll be an important rewatch because it's an indie rom com. The movie's called Sleeping with Other People, stars Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie, direct be le- directed by Leslie Headland, uh, who's gone on to do some major things like, oh, I don't know, The Acolyte, the next Star Wars TV show coming out next year. So I kind of have to get on her level because I'm a Star Wars fan and I have no choice. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm excited for this then. Um, but yeah, it's a nice little indie rom com that came out a few years ago. So so he's sleeping with uh, those other people. It, you seem to have opinions. I had, I was really irked by it, but maybe I've chilled. Maybe <laughs> I've chilled out. Oh, wait, like morally irked or? It just, it kind of reminds, like it feels very much, it feels of the budget and of the of the essence of Kids with Friends. Kind of friends with kids. Friends with <laughs> kids with friends. I love having kids with friends. <laughs> I don't know. It's some kids with friends <laughs> that come over to my called house. Stand by me. <laughs> yeah, it, it has the same kind of aura t- to friends with kids. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay, okay, I see. Where where it feels a little 
non-traditional yeah yeah definitely okay yeah okay. and that's the point of indie film is to like kind of you know mess with tradition and find something new. this is the chaos that happens around us ryan we yeah. we are steadfast the list is the mystery mm-hmm. well kelly i would love you i i would love you so <laughs> sure. much I, i'm um, sure you would like future tense but also present tense i do love you so much that i would drink seven martinis just to catch up with you and take the hangover that comes with it i love you so much that i would drink the eighth oh <laughs> Chris. <clears throat> and this is where we will say a goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on A Gentleman's Guide. The rom-coms. <laughs>